Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady, and I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible. Maybe you've been reading in the Bible and there's something that's confused you or something you've wondered about or want to get more insight on. Maybe there's something going on in your life or out in the world and you wonder, what does the Bible have to say about this? Um, and so this is the show where you can call in with those kinds of questions, your questions about the Bible, your questions about life and biblical perspective. And we have pastors every weekday standing by to take those calls and answer those questions for you. We're also here to answer and respond to and pray for your prayer requests. And so let us know if you have something on your heart that you need prayer for. The number to call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897. Well, I want to welcome all of you who are listening. Uh, First, I want to welcome our listeners here in Colorado and Wyoming. The show broadcasts out of Colorado. Right now, I am in studio in Longmont, Colorado, where I'm broadcasting from. But our show airs live uh, here on Grace FM, which is broadcasting over the air, uh, all the way from Cheyenne, Wyoming, down to Canyon City, Colorado, and we're so glad to have you tuning in if you're listening on Grace FM today. We also have Grace FM broadcasting online, and so many of you join us there as well who are outside of our over-the-air broadcasting range. I'm just looking at the map right now showing where people are tuning in. We've got everybody from the East Coast down to the Southern U.S., a lot of listeners in the Midwest today, and that uh, it looks like Kansas City, Omaha area. We've got listeners on the Front Range of Colorado. We've got listeners in the Pacific Northwest, as well as in California. So welcome to all of you who are tuning in, as well as our international listeners. I see we have some in Europe and some in Africa today. So welcome to all of you who are tuning in on Grace FM, both over the air and online. I also want to welcome those of you who are listening on Radio by Grace, which has stations all over the United States, particularly in the southern U.S. That's a network of radio stations out of Amarillo, Texas. And um, we're just so glad to have you joining in and tuning in. I love seeing the the places where people are calling in from and knowing that more and more people are becoming part of this Calvary Live listening family. And I really think of it as a family because it's a community. You know, as you start listening to the show, you hear people's voices, you hear their prayer requests, and then we have people all over the country and all over the world who are praying for these prayer requests together, um, who are listening to responses to people's actual questions. It's such a beautiful thing. So welcome to those of you who are listening on Radio by Grace stations all over the U.S. Uh, You're hearing the show live today, as are those on Grace FM, both over the air and online. We also want to greet our 
our friends and our brothers and sisters listening on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, as well as those listening on Truth FM in Tennessee and those listening on Higher Rock Radio in the Treasure Valley in Idaho. Welcome to the program. So glad to have all of you with us. Just a heads up that you listening on Truth FM and Hope FM and Higher Rock, you are hearing the show on a one-week delay. But we don't want that to cause you to not call in. We would still love for you to call in and be part of it. We just want you to be aware of that delay. And um, I think that there's actually a unique opportunity there where you can call in, have your question answered, and then you can tell somebody that you know, hey, I'm gonna, guess what? I'm going to be on the radio at such and such a time in this on this day. You should tune in. And so maybe that's a way that you can introduce people to the station. But actually, wherever you're from, uh, wherever you're listening, I really encourage you, tell somebody else out there about um, Calvary Live, this show, and how this is a great opportunity and a great community. Uh, We'd love it if you'd help us spread the word about that. Again, the number to call, 303-690-3000, or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Looks like we've got one open line still, and the lines are filling up, so make sure to call in if you want to get on soon. Uh, a few words about myself. My name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is located in Longmont, Colorado. We're a Calvary Chapel-affiliated church here in this great city, and I'm your host here every Friday on Calvary Live. You can also hear me on Grace FM every weekday at 9.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m., as well as Sundays at 1 o'clock p.m. Uh, like I said, I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church. Our church meets in Longmont, Colorado, but uh, where we're located is really convenient for a lot of people who uh, don't live in Longmont. So we are in Longmont, but we're right on Highway 119, which is the big thoroughfare that goes from I-25 into the city center of Longmont and then down into Boulder. We're right off a county line road as well as I-25. And so what that means is that we're really easy to get to if you're in some of the surrounding communities as well. So if you're in, let's say, Lyons or Berthoud, if you're in Mead or Frederick, Firestone, Decono, Lafayette, Erie, Niwot, uh, Boulder, if you're in any of these communities, we'd love to invite you to visit with us and, and to worship with us. We also have a lot of people who come from as far as Thornton and Broomfield and Loveland. And so if you are within driving distance of Longmont, we'd love to have you join us. We have three Sunday morning services. They're at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. respectively. Our 8 a.m. service is a family service, which means that kids join us in the sanctuary. Our 9.30 and 11 a.m. services have full children's ministry, and so if you have kids, just think through which service is best for you and what you prefer for your kids, and we'd love to have you come and worship with us this Sunday. This Sunday, we're jumping back into a series that we were doing all the way up until the month of December, and then we took a break from it for about eight weeks to do first some Christmas stuff, and then we did some things related to vision for the new year and for the church from uh, what God did in the Ephesians, not just in the letter to the Ephesians, but in what it says in the book of Acts about Ephesus, and then what it says in Revelation about Ephesus. And so this Sunday, we're back in 1 Corinthians as we work our way through that great book. And I can't wait to teach this passage. It's actually got one of the trickiest 
uh, two verses in the New Testament, in my opinion, to explain. Um, that's 1 Corinthians 14, 35, and 36, uh, or rather 34 and 35, which talk about the role of women in the church and that women are told there to be silent in the church. Now, this is interesting because earlier in the passage or earlier in the book, Paul talks about women speaking in the church. And so how do these passages fit together? It's actually a really great explanation that I'd love to talk with you about. And maybe, hey, maybe there's some of you out there listening and you're like, I can't wait until Sunday. I want to know right now. Well, then give me a call and I'd love to talk about it with you on the air. The number to call 303-690-3000 or text us 720-336-0897. All that being said, this Sunday's message is called Reorienting Worship, which is a little bit of a play on words because it's talking about how we need to reorient our hearts away from a consumeristic mentality when it comes to church and worship and towards a serving mentality. And as we do that, it reorients our hearts towards Jesus. So I've got this message in me that I can't wait to get out on Sunday. Hope you'll join us uh, again at whitefieldschurch.com. That's where you can find our address. You can find all the good stuff that you need to connect with us. And you can watch online there as well if you're not within our local area. Well, with that, let's go to our first caller, Helen in Westminster. Hi, Helen. Welcome to the program. Hello. Hi. Thank you very much for my call. I called in last week, and we prayed for my granddaughter who had COVID. She tested twice positive. And that day that I called in, when they did her test that afternoon, it was negative. Mm. It had it had been a month since I got to see her, and it was, you know, I'd been praying and praying and praying, and I know the Lord heard me, but it was corporate prayer that just said, okay, Lord, it's time. So he brought That's my baby really cool. home. Praise the Lord. So she's home now, huh? Yes. yes. Praise the Lord. Man, Helen, I'm so glad you called in. I love hearing these reports. Um, you know, I was just talking with some friends this week. And we were we were we were all just sharing stories of times when we've seen God heal people and seen God work in supernatural ways. And I think that we need to hear more of these stories, and we need to share more of these reports. So, Helen, I'm so glad. Let's pray together and just thank the Lord. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for hearing our prayers, um, Lord. That when we called in. Uh, praying for Helen's granddaughter. Uh, Lord, you heard our prayers and she's come home safely and she's healthy. Lord, I pray for those out there who still have family members who are sick. Maybe they have family members who aren't uh, sick with COVID, but maybe it's something else and they just keep praying and waiting. And so Lord, we pray for those people that even this report uh, would encourage them or they would build up their faith that you are a God who hears and you are a God who has the power to act and save and heal. And Lord, we thank you for the ultimate hope of the gospel as well. Lord, that we know that any any uh, healing we have in this life, it's a grace, it's mercy. And we also know, Lord, that this life will one day end. And so, Lord, would you give us that ultimate and spiritual hope and healing that we need? We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you guys. God bless you, Helen. Thanks for calling in. You're listening to Calvary Live. Let's go to our next caller, Joseph in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Joseph. Welcome to the program. Hello, Pastor Katie. Uh, good to hear your voice. Thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. What's up? So um, I'm thankful for my job. 
you know, I work in a call center and, uh, I, I enjoy the job, but, uh, you know, um, it's about 30 employees and I'm the only male. So just praying that, you know, the leadership, if they're Christians led by the Holy spirit to hire some more quality employees and some could be male. So I won't be the only male. So that's something just minor, just a prayer for that. But, um, sure. regarding my question, um, so the Bible says that uh, hell was meant for Satan and his, his angels. Okay. So there's a Bible verse. Uh, I, I'm, I don't want to lose you on my phone, but I think it's um, the 104th Division of Psalm, verse 4. It says, he makes the winds his messengers, flames of fire his servants. I think that's referring to angels, if I'm correct. Yes. So if angels are made with fire and hell or, you know, the lake of fire is fire, when when, when all the, those that are not with Jesus Christ go to the lake of fire, is it safe to say that Satan's angels would have an advantage because they are made with fire over human souls that are not, quote unquote, made with fire? Yeah, so I think you're taking a metaphor there further than the metaphors intended to go. You know, anytime we see a metaphor in the Bible, we would say any analogy breaks down at some level, right? And so the same is true of metaphors. That's why, you know, metaphors serve us until they don't. And this would be a case in in which I would say that's the case. So just bringing up Psalm 104, uh, let's just read through the verse and I'll show you that there's actually a couple metaphors in here that if we were to, you know, carry them through, I don't think that we would, like kind of to their nth degree, I don't think we would actually be honoring the intent of the text. And I think that's a really important part of what we call biblical interpretation. So what you and I are doing right now, this is interpreting the Bible, trying to say, okay, we understand what it says. It says flaming fire, but what does that mean? That's the interpretation part. So it says in verse 3 of Psalm 104, he lays the beams of his chambers on the waters. Okay, so beams, right? Like like foundational beams and his chambers, meaning like a room, like a bedroom, on the waters. So is that saying that God lays the the foundation of an actual physical room, like wooden beams on literal water? Well, clearly not, right? This is a metaphor. It says he makes his clouds, the clouds, his chariots, he rides on the wings of the wind. So does God literally like ride on the clouds? Like he chooses a cloud and then rides it out like a wave or like a chariot. Does the wing, does the wind literally have wings or is this metaphoric language? And it says he makes his messengers winds. So actually, did you know the word angel in both Hebrew and Greek literally means messenger? I think that's sometimes lost on people uh, as we read in English. But the word angelos in Greek literally just means messenger. Now, we understand that these messengers are are beings who can have manifested physical bodies, but generally are spiritual beings um, who are not in this physical world. Or you know, they exist, but not in the same way that we humans exist in this physical world. And his ministers, a flaming fire. So I don't believe that this is speaking of any advantage that, let's say, angels or demons have when it comes to the lake of fire. I think that that's actually something completely different. Also metaphorical, 
but the purpose of a lake of fire, you know, it in, it is the idea of eternal conscious torment away from the presence of God. And so, yeah, this is, you know, this is the difficulty of biblical interpretation is making sure that we understand the intent of the text and we take the text seriously. How does the author, God, intend for this to be understood? You know, and I think that a lot of times, you know, we can get into trouble when we think that there's something secretive or mystical in it rather than taking it at face value. We believe in something called the perspicuity of Scripture, or to put it in better terms, the clarity of Scripture, which means this, that God has given us the Bible uh, not as a mystery that cannot be known or that needs to be like figured out like a puzzle. Rather, we believe that God has given us the scriptures to unveil the truth to us and make it clear. And sometimes he speaks in poetic language. And, you know, the purpose of that is, you know, if you look at this psalm, what's the point of Psalm 104? It's to help us understand the greatness, the otherness, and the majesty of God, right? And that nature speaks of his glory. So I would say that I think if you just leave it at that point, we're not, you don't need to go any further because that's the intent of the scripture. And I appreciate what you said many times before about, you know, God or our Lord and Jesus Christ. He's not capricious. That's your word. He's not capricious. Yes. Um, well, so let, let me ask this real quick. So here's a statement. And unfortunately, I'm leaning to my own understanding, but here's a statement. So just as the Bible says, you know, it was, hell was meant for Satan and his angels. So if I say something like this, prison is meant for adults. So a child should not go to prison because it's not meant for them. It's meant for adults, not children. So an adult would have, how you say, an advantage than a child would be in prison. Just mm -hmm. as, you know, hell was meant for Satan and his angels, not human souls. Is that a fair analogy or... Um, so, so when you said that earlier, I was kind of like, okay, I'll, I'll let that one slide. Cause I want to see what your actual question is. I didn't want to be too nitpicky with you, but, um, I would actually disagree with the concept that's that hell was created only and exclusively for Satan and his angels. I believe of course that it is for that purpose, but Jesus himself talks quite a lot about hell. And he makes it clear that hell's not only for Satan and the angels, that there are human beings, there are human souls which will go to hell. And Jesus talks about that. He says, you know, so many times, like, wouldn't it be better for you to uh, enter heaven with one eye or one hand than to enter hell with two hands, right? So who's he talking to? He's not talking to angels there. He's not talking to Satan. He's talking to human beings. Um, in other places, you know, he talks in um, parables, like in Matthew 22, about a man who refused the grace of the king, and therefore he was cast into outer darkness where there is, um, you know, gritting of teeth and torment forever, where the worm never dies. Now, he's not talking about angels in this case. He's talking about human beings. And so that also helps us understand the urgency of the gospel, right? That there's an urgency to us preaching the gospel. It isn't just a good thing to do. It's something without which people will literally go to hell. And that is a, a somber thing. That's not something that we're ever glib or um, 
you know, trite about. We are um, very contrite of heart when we think about that because we understand that even God doesn't desire that anyone would go to hell, but that all would repent and come to a knowledge of the truth. So um, another example, of course, is in Matthew 24 and 25, where Jesus is talking about the end of the age and his coming, and he talks about how there will be a great judgment, what we call judgment day. And he says that he'll separate the sheep and the goats. And of course, the goats will go to hell. And so this is, again, not something we ever take lightly. It's not something we ever say with a smile. It's something we say with a tear in our eyes because God has a tear in his eyes when he does it. And yet it is an aspect of his justice and he doesn't do it apologetically. Um, but he, it's not, he doesn't take joy in, in the destruction or the death of the wicked. That's what it says in the book of Ezekiel. Okay. Well, thank you. That, that, that clarifies it for me. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'll, I'm going to pray for you and then I'll let you go. So Heavenly Father, I pray for Joseph. I just thank you for his desire to know you and walk with you in truth. And I pray for his job, Lord. I pray that they would hire some, uh, some other male workers, Lord, that he'd have, um, yeah, just a, a more mixed environment where he can maybe feel a little bit more comfortable. And Lord, we also pray that he would just have good relations with his workers, co-workers, and that you'd use him as a light in that place. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, Joseph. All right, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. The number to call, 303-690-3000 with your Bible questions and your prayer requests. 303-690-3000, or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to Osnack in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Hi, Osnack. Welcome to the program. Osnack, are you there? Oh, yes, I am. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. What's up? How can we help you? Uh, again, first of all, thank you for taking my call. And um, as I mentioned earlier, um, my name is Osnack, and um, I am a missionary for many years. I've been traveling overseas, and I've been working with uh, especially uh, uh, Creole-speaking uh, uh, immigrants who move from Haiti to Dominican Republic, and also uh, locally here in the U.S. I travel. I travel and then do ministry. But lately, uh, I felt touched, especially when the pandemic started, where I feel that the Lord leading me to another direction. Because uh, technology is one thing that uh, uh, people need a lot, and especially overseas, and they're not, they're not familiar with it, how to uh, uh, how to use technology for the gospel and all that. So my friend and I, and we talked about it, and I told him about the calling that I felt, and then I opened uh, I I opened a company named Computers for Christ, which is uh, which is a. Uh, uh, I'm, I will be uh, getting uh, computers to people. Uh, I, I recycle laptops and all that. So just to help them out. Mm -hmm. But also I wanted to link that with the ministry. And then now I am linked with Jesus Film Organization. The Jesus Film Organization, they equip me with all the equipment that I need to show the Jesus Film and also to the ministry wherever I travel. Well, okay. I receive all the equipment. Everything is there. Now I just feel like I am uh, I am tipped inside of a box, and I need God to open that box and 
get me out of it to do what I'm supposed to do, what he called me to do on his behalf. And I need prayer on that. Every bit of prayer that I can get, that, uh, that would be awesome, a big help for me let's, in the mission field. Let's pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for Osnak. I thank you for, Lord, his heart to get the gospel out to the nations, particularly the Creole-speaking uh, nations, Hispaniola and um, the countries on that island. Lord, we pray for them. We pray, Lord, you'd use his ministry, Lord, these computers as he uh, prepares them, as he shows the Jesus film. Lord, we just pray for a move and a work of your spirit to do that supernatural work that none of us can do in our strength or in our knowledge. It has to be a transforming act of the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, we ask that you would bring people from death to life and that you would use this ministry. We ask for open doors that no one can shut. We ask for financial provision. And Lord, we ask for guidance, just as you guided the Apostle Paul, even sometimes by shutting doors and other times by opening doors, just as you guided Philip the Evangelist in Acts chapter 8, and you told him where to go and who to talk to moment by moment. Lord, we pray that you would do the same thing with Osnak and his ministry, Computers for Christ. We pray blessing upon them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thanks for calling in. Thank you so much. Keep us continuously in the prayers. All right. God bless. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We're coming up on our mid-show break. But let me give you the numbers so that you can call in. We've got two open lines right now, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000 to call in with your Bible questions and your prayer requests. And then you can also text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller, Cody in Wellington, Colorado. Hey, Cody, welcome to the program. Cody, you're on the air. How you doing? I'm doing great. What's up? Um, Just had a question what your thoughts were on Psalm 82. Um where it talks about God uh, standing in the congregation of the mighty. Yeah. That he, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about. And guess what? I just wrote an article on that explaining it. And so I'd love to send you that article. I'll go through it here on the show, but I won't be able to go into as much detail as I did in the article. So let me explain it for our listeners, and then I'll tell you how to get my article, and then I'll probably have to put you on hold for a break, but when we come back, I can explain in a little bit more detail. Okay, so the issue is that in Psalm 82, there's this interesting word that's used where it talks about what God says to the people reading the psalm, you are gods. Now that's interesting, right? Like, why would God say that we are gods? I thought there was just one God, and it was him, and not us. And here's what's even more interesting. Jesus quotes from Psalm 82 in John, the Gospel of John, chapter 10, when he's accused of blasphemy. He responds to the accusations of blasphemy that are leveled at him by the Pharisees, and he says, is it not written in your own law? I said, you are gods, if he called them gods to whom the word of God came and scripture can't be broken, then how do you say 
of me that I'm blaspheming by saying that I'm the son of God. And so, so that's the issue. Like, how do we understand the fact that God says in this psalm, you are gods? And you referred to it just a second ago, but you mentioned that the word that's used there is the word Elohim, which is the plural form of the generic word for God, right? So the generic word for God is El. It's even in the word Israel, which means governed by God. Israel. So anytime you see El in anything, it's the name of God, but it's a general word, kind of like our word God. Elohim is the plural word for God. That's a pretty interesting word, and we'll talk more about it right after the break. We've come up on our mid-show break. We'll be right back in two minutes' time. If you want to give us a call, you can do that, 303-690-3000 with your Bible questions and your prayer requests. We'll be right back in two minutes. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. And we're here today taking your calls and texts live on the air. Well, we have all full lines right now. But here's the thing. When you hear somebody drop off, when you hear a call end, take down this number and you can call us right away and we'll get you on pretty quickly. So the number to call 303-690-3000 to call in with your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. The text line is 720-336-0897. Let's go back to our last caller, Cody in Wellington, Colorado. Hey, Cody, thanks for holding. Hi. <clears throat> so that's, yeah, that's interesting. Thank you for your um, thoughts on that. And I would love to read that article. Um, yeah. So let, let me tell you, you and others how to get that article and then come back and let's talk more about this, um, this Elohim thing. So to get, if anybody out there is listening and you're like, okay, you know, I wrote this article about Psalm 82 and about John 10. And you're like, I want to read that. Um, how do I get it? Here's how. Just text me at the text line for the show and say, I want the article, and I'll text you back a link to it, okay? So text 720-336-0897. So 720-336-0897, and I will respond to your text message with a link to the article. So, Cody, um, you were asking about the word Elohim. Did you have anything specific about it, or would you just like me to continue explaining? You, you, th- you, you, you think that those are humans that he's talking amongst. The congregation of the mighty, he judges among the, the Elohim. Those are, those are humans? I do believe they're humans, and I'll tell you why. Again, like I said, it's in the article, but let me tell you why. Um, that word, Elohim, can, can be translated as gods but it can also be translated as judges. And Jesus helps us with the interpretation. Now, the interpretation was given, you know, they had rabbis and scholars, and they would write mishnas, which were essentially like uh, what we call commentaries. And so they would write these commentaries to interpret the scriptures. And their interpretation was that when it says there that he's talking, use this word Elohim, but it should be understood as judges or masters. 
and he's writing to human beings. He's referring to human beings because if you read the context of Psalm 82, it's about the giving of the law. And the giving of the law was not to uh, celestial beings. It was to terrestrial beings, which means humans, right? And so mm -hmm. um, here's, here's kind of the linchpin in this argument or explanation. It's found in Exodus 21, verse 6, and 22, verse 8. Okay, so Exodus 21, 6, and 22, verse 8. And in those two places, in Hebrew, the word that's used is Elohim, but it's most certainly referring to people. And in English translations, it's generally translated masters because it's referring to um, indentured servitude, right? And so it's saying, here's how you masters should treat your indentured servants. And the word that's used there for masters or judges is the word Elohim. Cool. I'm going to look that up. Thank you so much for your time, Pastor, and I look forward to reading that article. Yeah, if you text in too, uh, Cody, we'll make sure that you get a link. Okay, great. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Hey, listen to Calvary Live. Uh, my name is Nick Cady, Pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. For any of you, again, if you want the article, text us at 720-336-0897 on the Elohim and Psalm 82 and John 10. Let's go to our next caller, Desiree in Thornton, Colorado. Hi, Desiree. Welcome to the program. Desiree. Um, so Desiree may be gone, but I, I do want to pray for her prayer request. Um, she says that she'd like prayer for her family because her sister lost her son on Wednesday. So let's pray for Desiree. Heavenly Father, we pray for Desiree, and we ask, Lord, that you would be with her family. Um, Lord, we know that when you were faced with the loss of a loved one, Lord, you wept, you mourned, and then you pointed those around you to the eternal hope that is found in you in the gospel. And so, Lord, we pray for Desiree that you would meet her in her grief, Lord, that you would reveal yourself to her as the God of all comfort who comforts us in our affliction. And Lord, we pray that you would be near to her she would sense your presence. We pray particularly for her sister and any siblings or any other family members who are very close to this person who passed away. Lord, we ask for comfort and for healing, but we also ask for hope in the midst of this situation. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm with you today taking your calls and texts Live on the air, this is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. We'd love to hear from you, we'd love to pray for you, and we'd love to answer any questions you might have. We have two open lines. Give us a call, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller Jim in Elizabeth, Colorado. Hi, Jim. Welcome to the program. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing okay. Yeah. Well, I had a prayer request. Just found out uh, as I was leaving a job site a little over an hour ago that my stepson, who's 20 years old, is diagnosed with cancer. Okay. And having and having problems with the right hip, causing him to walk very difficultly and causing him a lot of pain. But they. Uh, 
finally got him in and biopsy came back and you know with cancer so i just i want to get as many people as i could praying for him that the lord would dissolve this take it from his body or if it's his will that he he goes through these things for whatever his reasoning is yeah. obviously that we don't know but uh he would he would guide the doctor's hands and minds to treat him treat him accurately and properly so he can get this yeah. resolved as quickly as possible absolutely Let's pray for Jim and his stepson. I just encourage everybody out there listening uh, to join with me in praying, and let's lift this up together. Heavenly Father, we pray for Jim's stepson, and Lord, we pray for this diagnosis of cancer. Lord, we thank you that a day is coming, a new day in which there will be no more sickness and no more pain, no more tears forever, and there will be no more cancer. Everything will be set right. And so, Lord, we thank you for that hope that we have, but we also ask, Lord, that you would manifest your kingdom here and now in the life of Jim's stepson, in his physical body. Lord, we ask for healing from this cancer. Lord, we pray that these cancerous growths would stop uh, reproducing and stop growing. Lord, we pray that you would even remove this from his body and restore to him range of motion in his hip. Lord, we pray for his full health and well-being. Lord, we know that you have purposes and plans and things you are doing that we don't always know about, Lord, but we do trust you in the midst of this, Lord, that you have this under control. You knew about this since before the earth was created. You knew that this day would come and that this diagnosis would come down. So, Lord, I pray for Jim and his family that they would be strengthened by your spirit to trust in you with their whole hearts and to trust in you in the midst of this difficult situation. Lord, I pray um, that you would raise up others to seek you in the midst of this. I pray that for Jim's stepson, Lord, you'd give him a sense of peace and comfort as he goes through this. And Lord, we do pray that you would use even this situation for good, the good of the family and those involved, and Lord, for your ultimate glory and purposes. So Lord, we ask for healing together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. That was beautiful. Absolutely, Jim. I'm really sorry that you're going through this, but I know that the Lord is with you. And we have to rely on His His purpose and His plan if we don't have the capacity to understand it. That's right. That's where that's what faith is, right? That's the essence of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, God bless you, and God bless you for what you do. Thank you again. Oh, God bless you, Jim. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Taking your calls and texts live on the air, the number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. I've got a ton of people who texted in asking for that article on Psalm 82, on that phrase, you are gods, and which is found in John 10 as well. Jesus quotes it. If anybody else out there wants the article, you can text us at 720-336-0897. But also, call in and text in with more questions, because our show still has 19 minutes to go, and I'd love to hear from you. I'm sure that there are some burning questions out there and some prayer requests that we can lift up to the Lord and some questions we can answer. So give me a call at 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 
0897. We have a caller from Aurora um, who didn't want to be on the air, but here's their question. They said, what does it mean um, in 1 Corinthians 11.15 that long hair is a woman's glory? Yeah, that's a great question. We talked about this. I taught, I, I just recently have been teaching through 1 Corinthians. I've taught through it before, you know, at the church I pastored prior to this one. Um, but this time, you know, it's been great to go through it again. I forgot what a what a difficult book it is to teach through because there's so many difficult to understand passages in it. One thing that's really important to remember when we're talking about any of the epistles, right, which are letters written by the apostles to um, churches and in some cases individuals and in some cases like the Christian community at large, um, in, in those cases, like we need to remember that we are getting half the message, right? It'd be like if you're listening to somebody talk on the phone and you can only hear what they're saying, but you can't hear what the other person on the other line is saying to them or what they're asking. So it's we're, we're getting half of a conversation. So that's really important to keep in mind um, when it comes to interpreting the Bible. We're always trying to figure out what exactly Paul is referring to or responding to in some of these letters. And so in chapter 11 of 1 Corinthians, you need to understand what's happening. Paul is talking about order within the church and basically saying, here is how we as followers of Jesus ought to relate to one another and to people on the outside of Christianity because of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for us. And so when it comes to this issue of head coverings, this is an issue where we need to ask the question, okay, should we just read it straightforward? Like, a man ought not to cover his head since he is the image and glory of God. But a woman, it's her glory if she has long hair. Like, what? Like, okay, you need to understand, is there a cultural... Uh, understanding, a historical cultural understanding, which gives uh, understanding to this text, which existed then, but doesn't necessarily exist now, but it had a meaning back then, which that meaning still exists, even if the, 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 like the principle still exists, even if that exact situation doesn't. And the answer is that, yeah, that is the case here. And the case was this, in that culture, if a woman covered her head, it was the sign that she was married. And this is actually still the case in uh, some Middle Eastern countries. I lived in Hungary for 10 years and in parts of Hungary, as well as like Romania, Ukraine, Bulgaria, these kinds of countries, it's still the sign of a woman being married or even just being chaste that she would wear a head covering over her hair. Now, and that, that wasn't a religious thing, right? It wasn't like a head covering uh, in order to pray. This was just a cultural thing. If you saw some uh, young woman walking down the street and she wasn't wearing a head covering, that would generally mean that she was not married. And if you saw her walking down the street and she had a head covering on, that was kind of an outward sign to everyone in society that she was married. Now, uh, what was happening in the Corinthian church is that as people were saying, wow, in Christ, as we read like in Galatians chapter 3, there is no longer male nor female, slave nor free, Jew nor Gentile, we're all one in Christ. And so some of the ladies were saying, hey, if I am and my husband are equal in Christ, which is true, then therefore 
I don't need to cover my head anymore because covering my head is a sign of authority, but my husband's no longer authority over me. Now I'm my own authority. And so she would uncover her head. And what that communicated was, you know, it'd be like taking off your wedding ring. It, it was, it was dishonoring to her husband. And so she's like enjoying feeling that she's liberated or whatever, and uh, that she's her own person. And yet it's communicating something that's actually not very honoring to her husband. It, it would be true if the husband did that conversely to the wife, right? In other words, uh, he says it is disgraceful for a wife to do this. Again, what is she doing? He says, one who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head, which is her husband. So he's talking about people who were acting in a way that dishonored their husbands in that cultural um, be practice and behavior. Now, Paul then makes the argument from nature saying, if you want to see, like, this is, this is something that we can even see just in the fact that most women have long hair and most men have short hair. This is the way that nature shows us it should be. Now, he isn't saying that he's forbidding uh, men to have long hair as a blanket statement, nor that he's forbidding women to have short hair. And a good example of this is that in Acts chapter 21, Paul grows out his hair. He grows it long in order to take a Nazarite vow. A Nazarite vow would mean that men would, uh, who took this vow would not cut their hair. They would let their hair grow out. That's why Samson had long hair. It's why John the Baptist had long hair. It's why um, other men throughout Jewish history had long hair. So it wasn't like a, a full-on prohibition of men growing their hair long or women cutting their hair short. Paul was just saying, in general, there are more women with long hair and men with short hair. And that's just kind of proof to solidify this fact that you know, this that reflects this idea that women should wear head coverings to honor their husbands when they're married and men should not. So I hope that answers your question. I did talk about this more and explain it much better than I did just now. If you're interested, go to our website to find that or our podcast, Whitefields Community Church Podcast or whitefieldschurch.com and look up um, the teachings from the First Corinthians series, which is called Grace and Truth. It's our current series. And that would be found in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 when I taught on that passage. All right, let's go to our next caller, Jack, in North Augusta, South Carolina. Hi, Jack. Welcome to the program. Hey, well, I started listening to y'all recently, um, and uh, I really appreciate this program a lot and uh, learning learning good things from it. And um, so uh, the reason I primarily called to tonight was was uh, – um, I have a uh, an employee, uh, Taylor, who's so she's about 30 years younger than me, but she's a single mom. She's going through a lot of different things, and she is not a believer. Um, and so I've been living Christ in front of her ever since she was hired about two and a half years ago, and we've had some small conversations here and there as as the opportunity uh, presented itself, but. Today, there was almost nobody at work, and uh, so we were having a slow day. I was able to um, spend a, a pretty lengthy conversation with her and answer some of her questions. She was very to be to the to, to the answers, but she's also sort. Of, I mean, I would say sort of angry with God in a sense. She doesn't know too much about church or the Bible or anything like that, which is fine. Um, 
But anyway, so we're able to talk with her today and just really saw heavily on my heart that she would be prayed for. And I've called a couple of other of her coworkers that are Christians and asked them to pray for her, too. So okay. if, you, if you guys would pray for Taylor, that would be great. Let's do it right now. And, and, you know, there's a lot of people listening right now, and so I just encourage everybody listening, join me together in praying for Taylor. And just one quick word of encouragement. We have examples from the Bible of people praying for other people's salvation. One good example is uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 2. And the good news is that we know that we're praying according to the desire of God when we pray for someone's salvation. So I think that we can have a lot of confidence that God will work and answer these prayers. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we lift up Jack's co-worker, Taylor. Lord, we pray for her that she would be saved. We pray that uh, Lord, the scales would fall from her eyes and she would see. And Lord, we know that apart from you, Lord, we can't do anything for our own salvation. Um, and also, apart from you, we are spiritually dead, spiritually blind. We need our hearts of stone removed and replaced with hearts of flesh. And so, Lord, we pray that you would do that supernatural work in Taylor, that no good conversation or no convincing argument can ever sufficiently do. And so, Lord, we pray that you would break through those walls, you'd remove those scales from her eyes, help her to see and help her, Lord, to understand that she might believe in the saving work of Jesus. Lord, we pray that she would come to the end of trusting in herself and that she would begin to trust in you for her salvation. Lord, we pray that you would bind the enemy, that he would no longer hold her captive and keep her away from you. But Lord, we pray that you would, uh, Lord, take what the enemy has held captive and make it your own in Taylor's life and with her soul. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you so much. God bless you, Jack. Hey, keep tuning in. I will. I will. All right. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church, Longmont, Colorado. Uh, let's go to our next caller, Anne-Marie in Colorado Springs. Hi, Anne-Marie. Welcome to the program. Hi. Yes. Hello. So um, recently I was, a, I was a member of the church um, in Colorado Springs. So they removed the pastor or sit down the pastor, not going to give a name, a location, or anything. All I want to know is I work um, and I have my tithes where I, every week I get my pay, so I take out my tithes as if I'm still going to church. But my question is because he's no longer there and I'm no longer part of that ministry because of what was, what was going on, what... Where what do I do with my tithes now since I, you know, I, I'm not spending it, I'm saving it. What do I do with my tithes? Yeah, here's my recommendation is that um, you give your tithe to a church that you do want to support, right? Somebody who you can see is doing the work of the Lord. And that you say, you know what, even if I don't go to your church or maybe it's maybe it's not in your local area. But you say, hey, there's a church, and I know that they're doing good things, and I know that they're being good stewards, and I, I want to just put my tithe there until I find a home church for myself. I, I would really suggest that you do that. Um, so would that consider a tithe or an offering? You know, I, I think that 
I don't draw a hard definition between the two. Tithe means 10%. This is what we are advised to give. Um, you know, of course, we're not under the law, but I do think that the principle of the tithe is still a great principle, and it's a principle we see played out through the Bible. So I think that following that principle, an offering can be a one-time gift. It can also be an ongoing gift. My opinion is you can actually give your tithe in this interim period where you don't yet have a home church. You can give it to a church that you do believe in, that you really trust, and that you would like to support, even if it's not in your local area. And we've had people do that with us. I, I know over the years, um, both in Hungary when I pastored there and here in the U.S., uh, we've had people who are like, you know what, I don't go to your church, but I've I've come in contact with you online, and I don't have a church right now. Maybe I'm in between churches or I just moved, and I'm going to send my tithe to you. And I think that that's a good thing. Uh, on the other hand, when you do find a, a new home church, I would suggest that you give your tithe there as you move okay. there. Thank you. My pleasure. God bless you. Bye-bye. Okay. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. I think we have time for one more call. Let's go to Gianna in New Jersey. Hi, Gianna. Welcome to the program. Gianna, she may have dropped... Um, but, yep, she is. Okay, what she said that she needs prayer for an aunt with a drug problem. So let's pray for her. Heavenly Father, we pray for Gianna in New Jersey. Lord, we, we pray for her aunt. Uh, we pray that you would set her free from this bondage to drugs. And Lord, we pray that she would experience freedom and life in you. Lord, that she wouldn't just know freedom from drugs, but she would know the ultimate freedom, which comes from having all bonds loosed in you. And so, Lord, we pray for her, for her salvation. But, Lord, we pray immediately also for her um, temporal salvation from drugs. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we have a question that came in over the text line. Um, many of you texted in asking for the article I wrote on uh, Psalm 82 and John 10. I'm going to be sending that out. It's just kind of hard to do it while I'm also uh, talking and being on the air. So I will do that as soon as the show ends. So if any of you are anxiously waiting for it, just keep an eye out for when the show ends. That'll be in a couple minutes here. But someone texted in with a question. They said, why is there seemingly no mention of an afterlife anywhere in the Old Testament? Now, that's um, quite the assumption, actually. And I don't think it's a justified assumption. Uh, the oldest book in the Bible, uh, the, meaning the oldest one to be written, right? The Bible wasn't written in the in the order that we have the books. Um, if we were to look at it chronologically as to when they were written, they're organized in a different way. The What's generally agreed to be the first book written chronologically is the book of Job. And Job there mentions, he says, when my body of flesh passes away, I will see the Lord. I will see him with my own eyes. And he says, I know that my Redeemer, speaking of God, lives. So what Job is saying is, I know that God lives. He is outside of time. And when I die in the flesh, I know that that will not be the end of me. I will continue living and I will see the eternal God. So that is talking about an afterlife. Furthermore, um, I give you, man, such a long list from uh, Genesis, Job, the Psalms, Isaiah, these are all places and more 
that talk about a place called Sheol, which can be translated as the grave or the realm of the dead. Now, I've also written quite extensively on Sheol, which I don't think we'll have a ton of time to go into uh, right now. Um, but this article does ask that question. What did the Old Testament and what did Jewish people, what do Jewish people believe what happens after you die? And they believe you go to this place called Sheol. Now, Sheol is not heaven, nor is it exclusively hell, right? So Sheol is, if you will, a waiting room while you wait for what comes next and what comes next. And so, yeah, just to briefly say, Sheol, it, where it's described by Jesus, is divided into two areas. One is an area for those who died righteously, right? Meaning trusted in God and it was accounted to them as righteousness. And then the other side is what we call hell or Hades, a place of torment as they await also the ultimate judgment, which is judgment day followed by the lake of fire, which is talked about in Revelation. And so Sheol isn't necessarily saying you're going to heaven. It's saying you're going to this waiting place while you await the redemption of your soul. Now that was accomplished by Jesus when he died and went into the grave. And this is why the Apostles' Creed and Ephesians chapter 4 and First Peter, they all talk about how Jesus descended into the depths and then led captives in his train. It means that he redeemed those who are waiting for a redemption in Sheol. So the Old Testament does talk about the afterlife. Hey, it's been great being with you. My name is Nick Cady, Pastor Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. If you're in our local area, join us. Check us out online, whitefieldschurch.com. I'll be with you again soon, every Friday from 4 to 5 p.m. You can also tune in every weekday for Calvary Live. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.